0: Check, check. All right, good. Well, it got real quiet in here, didn't it? Oh, yeah. So the, the music goes off and it will go. Come... All right. I'll give everybody a moment to settle in. Buckle up, because it's going to be an hour and a half worth of excitement and joy. (laughs) There's going to be dancing and... (laughs) Well, good morning, everyone. Good Good to see all of you here this morning. Um, It's a privilege and an honor Uh, to preach in this house. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Jason. I know you'll watch this sermon later on Facebook. Good luck on tonight's wedding. Um, We're praying for you, praying for Miss Jen, Becca. We know it'll be a great wedding, great celebration. Uh, But it's an honor to uh, take Pastor Jason's pulpit this morning. Am I set it up all right? All right. So without further ado, Um, The title of this sermon is Go to the Rock. Everybody say, Go to the Rock. Go to the Rock. rock. Uh, Open your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 28. We're going to begin reading at verse 10, and we're going to go through 22. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 through 22. This morning we're going to take a journey through the life of Jacob, the early life of Jacob. He's a young man. He's setting out on a venture called life. Going out to uh, find a bride, settle down, have some children. How many knows when you get ready to do those kind of things that sometimes the enemy likes to throw a wrench and stuff? Wrench here, wrench there. uh, Likes to put obstacles. We find obstacles in this story. But how many knows that we have a rock named Jesus that will help us overcome anything and everything that we will encounter on our journeys Genesis chapter 28 verse 10 through 22 it reads like this Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran So he came to a certain place and there stayed there all night because the sun had set And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep Then he dreamed, and a ladder, behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants, Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go and bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and he said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. He called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of the city had been called Luz previously. Then Jacob making a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, that we can be in your house. God, that we can hear your word. And I pray, God, that you would be glorified in all that we do today, all that is said, all that is done Let it honor and glorify you. I pray, Lord, a blessing upon your word this morning. Help us, Lord, to receive what you would have for us. God, that we might be even more connected to you. Come heal, save, set free, and deliver in this place as only you can, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the beginning of this story goes like this, that Jacob was a young man on his way out to find a wife, his father Isaac had told him, hey, don't, don't take of any uh, of the, uh, the women in Canaan. I want you to go back to our, our, uh, our lineage, back to the, your, your mother's side of the family, back to her house. And I want you to find a wife from the people back there, the people of Haran. Now, something similar had happened to his dad. His dad's name was Isaac. He found his wife in the same place. So we find Jacob on this journey. Oh, and by the way, he was being tailed by his brother Esau, which he had, and and make a long story short, he had basically stole his birthright, so to say, and Esau was pretty mad about it, and he was on his way to kill his brother Jacob. So he's got forward thinking on his mind, but he's also got rearward thinking on his mind. He's thinking about who's pursuing me, but he's also thinking about what he's pursuing. So he's going to this place called Haran, and he got weary from journeying, and he Wanted to take a nap, wanted to sleep that night, and he found himself a rock. By the way, good news today. I have a special guest. The Rock is coming to help me preach this sermon. That's an awesome thing. He's come a long way. Come on. Come on, Ron, out of here. Come on, Rock. Come on, Rock. The Rock has, ha, I, I couldn't believe he was coming, but he's coming. Come, everybody give the Rock a great hand. Come on up here, Rock. Oh, you're a beautiful rock. You're an awesome rock. Oh, man. You guys thought I would talk about Dwayne Johnson, right? <laughs> I don't think so. So here, Jacob's on his way, on his way to Haran. Gets sleepy, gets tired, starting to get dark out. And he lays down. <sighs> and he finds a pillow as a rock in that place if I can get it right ah, I don't know this ain't very comfortable I don't know how he did it all night and he fell into a deep sleep and in that dream God spoke to him he opened up the heavens and he could see the angel ascending and descending like a, on a ladder from heaven to earth and back and above that ladder he saw God himself God Almighty and it was a wonderful experience for him because at that, before that he hadn't really experienced God in that kind of a way. But there was an encounter. God had set up a day and a time where he would encounter Jacob and Jacob would encounter him. And it would blow his mind. But it was the beginning of a journey for Jacob. That he would not soon forget. So the God of Abraham, his grandfather, and the God of Jacob, his father, came and visited him, and the same thing he had told his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac is, listen, in you and in your seed, all the people of the earth will be blessed. And I'm sure Jacob was thinking to himself, Lord, what are you talking about? I don't even have any kids yet. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm not even married yet. But what happened with Abraham, before he could even have a child, his wife was barren, couldn't have a child, God promised him that he was going to have many children, and out of his seed, the world should be blessed. And his son Isaac was the inheritor of that. Out of his seed, out of Isaac, the world would be blessed. And he passed that down to Jacob, and out of Jacob's uh, seed, the world would be blessed. And it went all the way down to King David. And out of the seed of King David, all the world would be blessed. And it went all the way down through Jesus the seed of Abraham, Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the way down to David, all the way down to Jesus, and all the way down to us. Why? Because we carry the seed of Jesus Christ on the inside. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the seed that we're talking about. It's the seed of life. It's the seed of eternal life. And it was promised to Jacob he said this in verse 13. The Lord stood above and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father and, I, and God of Isaac, the land on which you lie. I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the east and the west and north and south. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. But then he said this. Because in order to go with that promise, he had to make another promise. He said, I will be with you everywhere you're going. And in everything that you do, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. But I'll go with you all the way even to the end. Does that sound familiar to you? It's the same thing that Jesus said to his disciples. And his disciples' disciples. And those all the way down to us. Lo, I will be with you throughout everything that you do in your life. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you even to the end. The promise that God gave Jacob is the same promise that Jesus has given us today. He said this. He said, this is none other than the house of God. And he named the place Bethel. Bethel, they give it to you in one word, nice English translation, Bethel, one word, but it's actually two words, and it's Hebrew, Beth being house, and El, God, house of God, similar to the word Bethlehem, which is the house of bread, from which came the bread of life, Jesus Christ, Beth, house of El, God, so this is none other than the house of God, Bethel, Bethel. The house of God. So he took the rock and to memorialize the visit from God, he took this rock, set it up on a pillar to monument the place that he encountered. The God of all creation. This is an amazing thing. If you Listen, we have this American idea that we can get with God any old time, any old kind of way, but not so then. Not so then. The, the, the uh, encounters with God were, were pretty rare, and they happened to significant people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, David, and all those other people in the Old Testament. So it was something that was super, super special to Jacob. And he wanted to memorialize it by setting this rock up on a pillar. And he took the oil and he anointed that rock. This is the rock. This is the place. This is the house of God. This is where I encountered God for the very first time. And I want you to think back to yourself. Where was it that you really encountered God for the first time? Was it in the house of God? A church? Was it in your bedroom? Listen, there are, there are Muslims coming to Christ by the thousands. Why? Because Jesus is coming to them in a dream. Look it up. Check it out. God's still at work today, even letting like he was before in the, in the Old Testament. He's still at work today. Think about where you encountered God for the first time. And you want to make a monument. And listen, it didn't take you very long to think about it. Because there's a monument set up in your mind. Jacob decided, he I'm going to set up a monument to God. I'm going to call this place Bethel. This is the house of God. This is my rock. This is my rock. And the place that God had encountered you, and you encountered God for the first time, he's become your rock as well. But listen, how many knows that God just doesn't, doesn't want us to encounter him one time? Huh? God wants us to encounter Him time after time after time after time. But you have to be in the right place. You have to be in the right mind. You have to be in the, in the right spirit to encounter God. You just can't come to God all willy-nilly any kind of way you want to. No, you've got to come to God in a certain kind of way, in a, in a humble way, in a humble way. I'm quite sure that when He got up off the floor... After his dream was over, he got up on the, and, and fell on the other side of his body and began to do this. God, you are awesome. God, you are wonderful. God, you are holy. God, you are amazing. God, you are beautiful. God, I am, I am absolutely blown away by your presence. He prostrated himself on the floor, on the ground, in the dirt, to lower himself, to humble himself. He was afraid. The first thing he felt when he encountered God was fear. But as soon as God began to talk to him, as soon as God began to reach out to him, he had no fear anymore. And God became his rock. He became his rock. The rock is a symbolic thing of God and his dwelling place, Bethel. Jacob anointed the rock and makes a vow. He said, God, if you will go with me on my journey, I'm starting this journey out. I'm a young man. I got some strength. I got some energy. And and the life is wide open. It's wide open if you will be with me if you will provide for me everywhere that I go and in all that I do God I will give back to you a tenth a tenth of everything somebody say tithe he said God and this is before the law folks this is before Moses came and God gave him the law this is pre-law giving he said God I'm starting this journey of life And everything that you bless me with, I will give back to you a tenth. How many knows God blessed his socks off? He blessed his daddy. He blessed his granddaddy. He's blessing Jacob. He's blessed his sons. He's blessed his sons sons and daughters. The blessings of God will not cease to flow in your life when you decide that, hey, this is the rock. This is the house of God. I've come and I've made a commitment with God. I'm making a vow. God, everything that you give me, I'll give a tenth. You can't give God a tenth of something that he didn't give you. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. That's why I have no one giving a tenth. Matter, matter of fact, I give beyond the tenth. Why? Because I know how God has blessed me. I'm giving back to God what God has originally blessed me with. And, I, and, and the difference is this, between our ears how we think about it i got me this money i got me this job i got me this i got me that no you didn't no you didn't when you think about it god has blessed you with the ability to have a job the ability to get a job the ability to work a job the ability to to bring home a paycheck whatever it is that god has blessed you with he's asking for a tenth and when you give the tenth he will bless you with so much more i have never failed I've never failed to see God not bless me with more. Every time I try to outgive God, God blesses me even more. Someone say amen. So the rock we find from this moment on, from this point on, becomes something that's a, a theme throughout the rest of, Bible, of biblical history. Everybody looks at Jacob's rock as something in, unique and special. And so here's what happens. When uh when Moses is going through the wilderness with the children of Israel after, years after this, after they got out of Egypt, they had no water, God said, go to the rock and smite that rock, hit that rock, and the river of water of life will flow from that rock. I mean, I remember the story when Moses wanted to see God and God said, I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the what? The rock. And God went past him and and the glory of God shone around him and, and the face of Moses was so full of glory from the presence of God that he had to put a veil on so people could look at him. He went to the rock and he had an encounter with God. Deuteronomy, Moses declared, he is the rock. His work is perfect. In Joshua, the 12 sons of Jacob each carried a rock From the Jordan River, when they crossed over the Jordan River, each one of them grabbed the rock and they set up a pillar on the other side of the Jordan at the place where God said, hey, he told his father and his father's father and his father's father, I'm going to give you this land. And they crossed over the Jordan, each one of them took a rock and they all set them one on top of the other and made a pillar just like their daddy did. How many knows? then when daddy's got a relationship with god it's a whole lot more likely that that the children are going to have a relationship with god the problem in this nation and the nations in the, in the countries around the world is this is that dad's not in, in, interested and involved in a relationship with god we need to get right with god so that our children have a fighting chance someone say amen why because if they don't have a relationship with god they're going to find that this world is cruel hateful and punishing They're going to struggle through life harder than they ever needed to struggle. They're going to struggle with things and drugs and alcohol and sex and every other thing that can snare people, and they're going to have trouble throughout their lives. We need to get our children in the house of God. We need to get our children in a relationship with God. But come on, how many knows it starts with dad? It starts with dad being dad. Jacob was a good father. He was a good father. So each one of his sons, honoring his dad, honoring his dad's God, pulled up a, a, a rock, a stone out of that Jordan, set up a, as a pillar. They owned their own faith. They owned their own faith. In First Samuel, Hannah, when she was barren, pleaded with God, God, give me a child, give me a male child, I'll dedicate him right back to you. And when she did... God said, I'll bless you with a male child, and he will serve me. His name is Samuel. And then she said this, she said, no one is like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor that is there any rock like our God. She remembered the rock that Jacob talked about, the rock that he had uh, an encounter with in Beth-El. In 2 Samuel, David declares, the Lord is my rock, my fortress my and my deliverer he said for his god who is god except the lord and who is a rock except our god second samuel 22 says the lord lives blessed be my rock let god be exalted the rock of my salvation i remember a song some of you saints of old remember a song I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I go to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. All the earth is sinking sand. On Christ's solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. You remember that? I know you do. What a great song, what a great illustration of when we first encountered God and what God has been to, to us and through us all the way through the journey of our Christian walk. He's been a rock. He's our rock. He's the rock that cannot be moved. He is the rock of ages. He is the rock of my salvation and there's no other rock like our God. Someone say amen. Give God some praise this morning. Whew. I'm feeling good this morning. I'm feeling really good this morning so on the rest of his journey Jacob went went to the, um, the place of his relatives he met a man there named Laban who had two daughters one was named was Rachel the other one was named Leah at first he encountered Rachel at the well I remember this story and she was beautiful how many believes in love at first sight some folks do I do and when I first saw my wife, when she was 13 years old, I was like, that's the one I'm marrying. I want her. She's beautiful. I want her. She's going to be my wife. This is what happened to Jacob. He saw Rachel. He fell in love right off the get-go. And he went to her daddy and said, hey, I love this woman. I don't really know her very well, but I love her. And I want her. What's it going to take for me to get her to be my wife? He said, well... Serve me for seven years, and I'll give you my daughter. Okay, now this is, listen, guys, this, Jacob had to work for it, man. It wasn't just given to him, he had to work for it. So he worked seven years, and Laban was kind of a, he was a shady character. And after those seven years was up, he's like, I, I want Rachel to be my wife. He said, okay. Well, that, on the wedding night, he kind of did a switcheroo, threw Leah in with him, and it was dark, and she was veiled, so he didn't know any different. And he woke up in the morning, it was Leah. And he was all kinds of mad. He was all kinds of mad. He goes to her daddy and says, Hey, what is it that you just did to me? He said, well, it's our custom that the older uh, girl would be married first, so there you go. I don't know about this guy. Okay, so what do I got to do to get Rachel? Well, serve me another seven years me another seven years so guess what he did he loved Rachel he worked another seven years that's 14 years of labor Sarah uh, David Garris if you're out there listening I want my labor I've got about a whole about 14 minutes worth I want 14 years Trey Graff are you listening to this story I haven't got a goat a cow or anything else I want, I'm looking for something I'm looking for a few years of help. So basically what Jacob did was he, he grew his, his, his father-in-law's uh, livestock immensely. Why? Because God had blessed Jacob. God had blessed Laban through Jacob. Jacob came and, and made everything. It was like a magic wand. He just made everything work. And so the flocks grew and the, and the cattle grew and the herds grew. So, he served him another six years, and after 20 years of serving this man, he said, you know what, I got to go. It's time for me to take my wives, all our, our 12, 13 children, 12 boys and one girl, whoosh. Jacob got busy, <laughs> and he wanted to move away, he said, I got to go away, I got to get away, I got to make my own way. Laban wasn't having none of that. He was kind of upset about that, matter of fact, he was sent out a posse to track him down and, and hunt him down and kill him bring his daughters and their, all the grandkids back Laban wasn't a very good character he was awful shady so Jacob and his family moved out by the time they got to them, it was almost to a, to a place called Shechem they caught up with him and, and they made their peace and he said well I'm going to bless you and, and, uh, and, 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 and God be with you as you go your way and so Laban was cooled off a little bit and he didn't want to kill him anymore. So they get to this place called Shechem. This is where we pick up the story. And Shechem, uh, I, I preached on a place called Shechem a while back. It's right between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. I remember remembers that, the, the Mount of Blessing, the Mount of Cursing, is right there in Shechem. Shechem. And there was a young man in that place, his name was Shechem. He was the prince of that place. And the daughter the only daughter of Jacob wandered out into the, into the marketplace, into the square to hang out with the women, the young ladies. And she was only about 15, 16 years old. And young Shechem, she caught his eye and he kind of went about this the wrong way forced her to lay with him that night. Now, how many knows it didn't go over well with Jacob or his sons? Right? She came back. Now Shechem saying, hey, I want to marry her. And the boys weren't having none of it. So Simeon and Levi, two sons of Jacob by Leah, went over, I'm, I'm summarizing this story and making it short, and slaughtered Shechem, his daddy, his whole house, and everybody around them. Butchered them up. Took a sword out, killed them all. They were mad. This is not what you do to a daughter of Jacob. Was it right? No, it wasn't right but they didn't care and they didn't really realize the the consequences of what they just did because the consequences was this that everybody around there that wasn't killed were going to come back after Jacob and his family and kill them you cannot get past one upping somebody Because if you do something wrong to somebody, guess what? They're going to do wrong to you and it's going to make it even greater than what you did. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to make it wrong even greater than they did. It's a this for that and tit for tat. And this is how it goes. That's Hatfields and McCoys. Absolutely. You did me wrong. You did my family wrong. And so we're coming to get you in a greater way. And so when the boys came back and said, Dad, here's what we did. Jacob was sad. He was distraught. He was beside himself. Why? Because it was an ungodly act. You don't repay evil for evil, right? Jacob had remembered his relationship with God and the character that God had given him, and he refused to be a part of something like that. But his boys didn't get the message, and they went out and killed him. So the only thing left for Jacob to do was to run, pack up his family and go. But before he would go, he went back to the rock. He went back to his God. And he started praying and, and, and asking, God, you see the situation that my boys got me in? You see what happened? What am I going to do? We picked the story up back in, in Genesis chapter 35. Genesis chapter 35, verse 1. And God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel, go back to the house of God, and dwell there and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. You go back to the place where you encountered God when you were in trouble the first time, you go back and do it the second time because that's the place to go when you're in trouble. How many picking up on a theme here? When you're in trouble, when you're in struggling mode, when things are coming against you, when you don't know what to do, go back to where? The house of God. Go back to the rock. Go back to Bethel. And Jacob said to his household and all who are with him, put away your foreign gods that are among you, purify yourselves and change your garments, then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me all the way which I have gone. In extreme situations, in extreme circumstances, you've got to listen to the dad that listens to God. If you've got a godly uh, father, he's got good godly wisdom for you. When you're in trouble, when you're struggling, when you're in distress, your godly father has a word for you. Ask him. Why? Because he's going to go to God. And he's going to ask God, God, how do I handle this situation? And God told Jacob, Jacob, take your family, go back and show them the place where you encountered me the first time. Go back to the rock. Go back to Bethel. And you will be safe. You will be safe. He said this purify yourselves, change your clothes, get rid of your false gods and idols, and get into the house of God. Now today, we may not carry around these trinkets and these false gods like they did back in those days. Everybody had their own personal little God, and God despised that, because there's only one God and it, and ain't these little trinkets, and ain't these little uh, 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 handheld little uh, statues and this and that, action figures, or whatever you got. Get rid of that stuff. Get rid of your false beliefs that's what god's telling us today hey the reason why you have a lot of trouble in your life the reason why you have a lot of struggle in your life is you're believing the wrong things this world will tell you things that they they agree with that god does not agree with the people in this world will get you to attach yourself to their idols and the things that have brought them down why? Because misery loves company. How many knows? Misery loves company. They'll get you to attach yourself to these false gods, and God's telling us today, wipe your hands of them, get rid of the false gods, get rid of them false beliefs, and enter into a relationship with me. It's about what God, the real God, the living God, the eternal God, is about what he says. Because everything that he says is right, and everything that he says is good. How many believes that? Someone say amen. Change your clothes. Get rid of them false idols and false gods and get into the house of God. Find yourself at a house of God. Go to a place where you can kneel at an altar of prayer and find God for yourself and have an encounter with Him. Why? Because when you have an encounter with God, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. changes. When he got to Bethel, they unloaded everything. They settled down. Jacob's heart quit beating out of his chest because he saw his comfort in the rock. He saw his comfort in the place where he met God, in the house of God, Bethel. It's a place where he encountered God's power, God's peace, God's protection, God's purposes, and God's presence. And and God met them there. And God assured him, hey, this will all blow past My hand is upon you and upon your family. Why? Because your seed is blessed. Why? Because you encountered me back then and you made a vow and you made a commitment to me. I will honor that and I will honor the commitment your grandfather and your father made to me and the covenant that we have together. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you commit yourself to a covenant with Jesus. And so now you are locked in as a seed of the Most High God. You are a seed of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are now his, and his DNA runs through your veins, and he will protect you from those things. His hand is upon this family and upon us that we might have the power, the peace, the protection, the presence, and the purposes of God on our lives. It's where we need to be, in Bethel, in the house of God. Come, let us wash ourselves in his cleansing waters. Let us put on clean garments and let us say like King David said, said, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. King David experienced a lot of trouble in his life. But every time he would go to the rock, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So he came back to Bethel. He came back The house of God, and he set up that rock once again, and in front of his children, he anointed that rock. He said to them, "My sons, my daughters, this is the rock. (laughs) This is the place that I encountered God. This." Where you're stepping and walking in is the house of God. And God has promised us this place with him forever. I want you to understand something this morning. That when God tells us, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He means it. Come to the rock and you'll find solace. You'll find strength. You'll find energy. You'll find power. You'll find peace. Because you found his presence. As you found his presence. Some would think, some would say in, in, in America today or around the world today that if you want to go the, into the presence of God or the, the, the house of God, you've got to go to the church. I don't know. Jacob went to a rock. I'm here to tell you this morning you can encounter God in your house in your driveway, in your car, at work, at wherever you're going to play. I don't care if you're on the golf course, especially at the golf course. <laughs> we encounter God in amazing ways on the golf course, and I'm not kidding. I've got to share the gospel more on a golf course than I think anybody anywhere else I've ever been stop thinking that the church the house of god is a brick building or 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 a wood building or a place where where we have to go listen the house of god is wherever god meets you just happens to be where we meet in this place this is listen we didn't build this place this isn't a big church building all with fine ornaments this is a a a gymnasium in a, a in a middle school but god is here God is here, in this place. We can encounter God here, in this place. Why? Because God is everywhere present. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere present. We can encounter Him here. I brought the rock. If those of you guys are waiting for something, waiting for a sign, waiting for something to, to fall on you, here's a rock. I brought Him. He came. He's helped me preach this sermon. We gotta go to the house of God and have an encounter with God if we ever hope to get rid of our struggles, to, to break through our struggles, or if you'll come and help me. And Lord of that rock right in front of his children said, This is the rock of ages. This is the rock that will not be moved. And this is the rock that you will have to depend on all the rest of your lives even after I'm gone. And this is the rock that you have to teach your children to come back to, to have an encounter with God. Why? Because your children and your children's children and their children's children are going to need the rock. They're going to need God. I got a great purpose for your life, Jacob. I got great things for your children, Jacob. Out of your children, out of the, the tribe of Judah... Your son will come many kings. And out of those kings will become the king of kings. And out of the king of kings will be many sons and daughters of God because they believed on him. Jacob returned to Bethel. He was renewed, revived, and restored, both him and his family. Jesus is our rock. He is the stone that the builders rejected and has become the chief cornerstone. He was crucified on a rock hill called Golgotha. And he was buried in a tomb that was cut out of a rock. Oh, come on, somebody, preach with me. You and I need a piece of the rock. You and I need an encounter with God that will sustain us to the next encounter with God. But if you've never had an encounter with God, you'll never know what it's like. You'll never know why we have the joy of the Lord as our strength, even though we go through tough times, even though we go through struggles, even though we go through hard times. Our rock is still with us. Why? Because we had an encounter with Him and we continue to have encounters with Him. But this morning, if you have not had an encounter with God, I'm asking God to make that happen today. I believe God wants to make that happen today. I believe God wants to have an encounter with you that you'll never forget. But it takes us getting up and going to the place where He wants to meet us. He's made a place for us called an altar. Jacob made an altar for his kids. And after that, they made altars throughout biblical history. Jesus would go to an altar of prayer. He'd make an altar out of just about anything. <laughs> we need to find ourselves at an altar of prayer that we can have an encounter with God. And listen, it ain't like you have to have a cookie-cutter kind of experience like somebody else had. Whatever the encounter with God that you have is for you. It's personal. It's personal. It's personal. It's for you and for Him. But I guarantee you this, when you have an encounter with God, you will never be the same. You will never be the same. I'm going to open this altar, and I want you to come experience God. You can just come up here and pray. I don't even have to pray with you. I want you to pray like this. I want you to say, God, I'm here to have an encounter with you, whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. I want you to close your eyes and I just want you to lift your hands to the heavens and say, God, I want an encounter with you. I want, and if you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day to do that. Why? Because God is in this place. Come to this altar. Raise your hands to heaven and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. Be my Lord, be my God, be my King, be my Savior, be my rock. I submit myself to you. It's so easy, it's so simple. Receive Jesus today because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm going to open this altar. I want you to think about that. I want you to step, listen, don't let the devil talk you out of what God wants to do in your life. Don't be afraid of what other people might think about you if you step up here and want to have an encounter with God. It ain't about them. It's about you and it's about God. It's about your personal relationship with God. You. You. This altar is open. Would you come? It just takes one to step out in faith and come and and just have an encounter with God. It takes one to open up a floodgate.